Welcome to Seth Farbman on podcast from startup to stock exchange. So on today's Zoom or podcast, um, I have an opportunity to introduce you all uh, to, to those of you who don't yet know Tamir Goodman. And just to set it up, uh, I'll tell you like this about a year ago, and I was talking to my kids the other day, it's only been a year, it seems like it's been years, maybe even a decade, it's only been a year. Um, I was in Israel, I was in Jerusalem with my family, and every day when you're on vacation with your family in Jerusalem is an incredible experience. Uh, but one day I told my kids, we're going to the NCS, the, uh, the, the YMCA, and we're gonna introduce you to somebody, and they, they had no idea what to expect. And uh, they got to meet a legend um, in, in many different ways. The Jewish Jordan, as they refer to him as, and, uh, and that's Tamir Goodman. And it's a, uh, an honor, a privilege, a pleasure. Thank you for being uh, on this podcast today and hoping giving tremendous bits of wisdom, insight to, uh, to the listeners. So thanks for being here. Uh, thank you so much for thinking of me. I had such a great time with your family and hope we can do it again soon in Jerusalem together. As soon as things open up, I would love to. I would love to. And, and for those of um, the people that are listening to this that, that don't necessarily know your background, and while um, it's more so in the sports arena, you've pivoted to the business and entrepreneurial arena, which is why I think there's so many valuable lessons for people that listen to this on the business side. Um, but it's also more on just the good, being a good person, being a good business person, um, that, that there's so much to learn from. So if I can ask you to sort of just give a three minute overview of sort of how you, how you came to be known as the Jewish Jordan, but, but really that, that unique road that you traveled, um, from high school to professional basketball athlete. Yeah, well, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and I fell in love with the game at a really young age. I think I had an amazing support system. I can remember as a young child playing with my older brothers one time and then coming to the kitchen and I was pretty down. I was upset because they, they won and I lost. And, um, you know, they looked at my mother and they said, you know, tell Tamir to just chill out. It's just a game and we're older than him. We're supposed to beat him. And I looked at my mother and I said, you know, basketball just isn't a game for me. It means much more than that. I, I love this game so much and I, I really want to be a college player and a professional player and I, I'm really dedicated to this game. And my mother, even though she didn't really understand anything about basketball, she saw the sincerity and she backed me 100%. So my parents, my family, my friends, my coaches, my community, even though it was a little bit of a, a different path than most kids uh, you know, think about, I, I grew up in the perfect house and um, I worked very hard. I had great coaching. And by the time I was 17 years old, I was ranked the 25th best player in America. I um, was awarded a scholarship to the University of Maryland, who at the time uh, was one of the top teams in the country. Um, I graduated high school, the most valuable player of uh, the Capital Classic All-Star Game, which is a game that features the best players in the country, best seniors in the country. Wow. And um, I committed to Maryland. I wanted to play there. Uh, um, I grew up watching them. They were my favorite team growing up. And uh, I just committed on one condition, and that was that I wasn't going to play on the Jewish Sabbath because I, I'm a Jewish athlete. And originally they said that they would accommodate me, and uh, that changed my life because the news uh, heard about it, and we had 700 media requests that week, and um, Sports Illustrated came out with a four-page article that dubbed me the Jewish Michael Jordan. 
And uh, Jerry Simon did a full skit about me on Saturday Night Live, ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, just everything, everywhere. And my life changed very quickly. But as time came closer for me to play at Maryland, I was already training there uh, in the summertime. And uh, after practice, uh, after playing there one night, um, coaches called me into the office and they said, look, Samir, it's almost time for you to play here. You can play here. You have a full scholarship. But based on how we see things moving forward, if you want to stay and play, you're going to have to play on uh, Saturdays. And I said, Coach, thank you so much for the opportunity. I love this program. But for Jewish people, the Sabbath is more important than basketball. I gave them back the most sought after, probably the most sought after scholarship in the country because the University of Maryland went on to win on the national, they went on to win the national championship. I would have been on that team. So um, I gave them the scholarship. I Just to interrupt, you and I have spoken about this in the past. And for everybody listening, it's not like you said, okay, well, if I have to play on the Sabbath, then give me a couple days. Let me think about it. Let me go figure out my plan B. And as long as I have some place to land, then I'll go ahead and I'll give notice that I'm going to leave here because I have some place to, to go on to. You didn't bother figuring out a plan B. It was an on-the-spot decision that said, I'm out. It was very respectful. Until today, I'm very much in touch with the coaching staff there and a lot of the players. Okay. And um, I walked out of the meeting. It was a very, very quick meeting. Uh, we walked down the stairs. My mother was with me. And they, this was in the Cole Fieldhouse in their old stadium. And there used to be a big M at half court for Maryland. My, I stood in the middle of the court. It was completely empty. And I just looked at my mother and I said, Ima, mommy in Hebrew, I'm never going to play here. Wow. And uh, we just walked out. And um, very, very soon after, we got a phone call from Towson University. It's a Division one school in Baltimore. And the coach said to me, look, I'm not Jewish. Nobody on the team is Jewish. But the guys on the team read about you in the paper learn more about your religion and the head coach and assistant coach came over uh the house we spoke to them for a while we spoke about the calendar we spoke about the shabbat times and the coach managed to change the schedule for me he spoke to the head of our conference and i was able to play division one basketball on a full athletic scholarship without having to play on jewish sabbath or any jewish holidays and i got to wear my kippah on the court and that was something that was seen as impossible. A lot of people told me that was never going to happen. Division one, college teams, they play on Sabbath. Who's going to ever accommodate you? But I was able to live out my dream to thanks to some really incredible people. Um, I got to Towson. I had an amazing freshman year. I was awarded a starting position. Um, I guess it was the third game of the season against Villanova. I had a good game and I secured the starting spot for the rest of the year. I won the coaches award as a freshman. And they told me they were going to build a team around me moving forward into my sophomore year. But unfortunately, during spring break, um, my coach got fired. The entire staff got fired. And the new coach who they hired was not willing to accommodate me. Uh, I'm not going to go into great detail, but it was a really bad incident. And I was forced to leave Towson University. Okay. I was broken emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Um, but a little while after that, I got a phone call from a very famous coach named Coach David Blatt, who ultimately went on to coach in the NBA for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and most recently last year was a consultant for the Knicks. Uh, at the time, Coach Blatt was coaching in Israel. He read about what happened in the paper, and he said, hey, Tamir, what do you think about coming over to Israel to play professionally? I said, Coach, that would be a dream come true. Wow. So he said, I'm, I'm, coach, I'm friends with the coach, uh, one of the coaches at Princeton. I was living in Maryland at the time at Princeton, Princeton University in New Jersey. He said, go there. He's going to work you out. And if he says you're good enough, I'm going to fly from Israel to work you out as well, to give you a tryout. Winston had a great work out there. Said, yeah, it's perfect. You come to America. Come meet this kid. So we went to Chelsea Pairs in New York. 
I had a one-hour tryout in Chelsea Pierce, and I signed a three-year contract with Maccabi Tel Aviv to come play professionally here in Israel. Came to Israel, and I played here ultimately professionally for seven years. Um, I also served in the IDF. I was awarded Outstanding Soldier in my unit. Wow. And um, I met my wife. We're now, we now have five kids, thank God. And um, after I retired due to injury, um, I thought a product uh, that I thought would really help the next generation of players. I called it Zone 190. Uh, we brought it to market. It's been used by many NBA teams now. Um, I started what, what is it? Just, just explain for a second. What is the product? Zone 190 is a multi-angle pitch back, which allows players to catch the ball from game-like angles, even if they're in the gym by themselves or in their backyard by themselves, which means their pitchbacks are one-dimensional. They get you the ball like this. But after my knee injury, I thought to myself, players are training the wrong way. Why are we practicing catching the ball like this? Where in basketball, we catch the ball from the right and the left. Like if you're at the top of the top of the key, you, you get the ball from the wings. If you're post, you get it all over the post. If you're in the baseline, you're not getting the ball from the net. You're getting it from the wing. So I, it's, a, it's a pitch back that's 190 degrees. So it's like having 10 to 12 coaches passing you the ball from all the angles when you're just in the backyard by yourself. And you can adjust. You could, what I say, it makes you unscoutable. Because in basketball, you want to force players to their weaknesses. But with zone 90, you don't have a weakness. You're comfortable and confident catching the ball everywhere on the court. So we brought that to market. Um, I started doing a lot of camps and clinics. We now have a very well-known international camp uh, in Jerusalem every year in July. I wrote a book with my wife. I brought, uh, invented a line of tzitzit, compression fit, high performance uh, tzitzit, which is a religious garment Orthodox Jews wear. But these are the first ever compression fit, high performance tzitzit. And I worked as a consultant um, for Apol Jerusalem, which is the top team, one of the top teams in all of Europe and Israel. And um, I also work a lot uh, in, the, in the field of like sports and high techs with a lot of the sport startups here in Israel. I'm exhausted just listening to you. <laughs> that's, kind of my, uh, that's kind of my journey in short. You know, it's one of the, one of the things, Tamir, when, when, uh, when we met you for the first time and I walked away from that day, I was blown away by the fact that you took um, what could have been a bitter situation, having, you know, injured yourself in the sport that you love and the career path that you were going down, even though seven years as a professional athlete, you know, to some is a lifetime, and, and, and you weren't bitter and you weren't down and you didn't say, oh, I want nothing to do with the sport ever again. But I told my family, I'm like, here's a guy who took something that he loved and he pivoted not just to one, but to one, two, three, four, five different variations um, of a career path that he loved, whether it's a book, whether it's a product or multiple products. Um, it's incredible to see that you've taken something that you love and turned it into a career. Um, is there any advice that you have for people that are looking to start a business in terms of how to, how to find something you love to do and, and start down the path of a business? I mean, you, didn't, you probably didn't know anything about products or about um, launching companies, but yet you just, you just went from, from athlete to entrepreneur. Yeah, well, a couple of things. One thing about basketball, <laughs> if you're gonna play basketball, you miss a lot of shots, okay? From the time you're a kid, all the way up to the pros, you're probably missing thousands of millions of shots. So it makes you resilient. You learn how to miss and keep going. Um, and I think like that's like a, a major component of all of this. But um, a couple of things. I never quit early, number one. I, I, it wasn't like after my first injury, I'm like, I'm done. I did every single surgery possible, beat the odds so many times 
until the point where I just knew I couldn't play anymore. And that made it much easier for me because it wasn't like I quit, you know? Um, then another thing is when I finally did retire, I, I actually spoke to a lawyer and I said, you know, I'm really good at this, but I'm not really good at business. And he just looked at me and he said, become good at business. That's what he said. I'll never forget him say that. Become good at business. I'm good at business. Okay. That's you a know, great takeaway. I'm good at business. And, and um, you know, it's a lot of the same values, but I think like I, one of the things that I really believe is if you see something in the world that you could fix, you're seeing it for a reason. God is making you see that so you could partner with God, fix it and better the world. So everyone has that unique vision, you know, in your own space, what can you fix? What can you make better? What value can you bring? Okay. And then once you attach yourself to that, you make it the best product possible. And then you have the right intentions throughout. Am I doing this just because of my own ego or because I want a lot of money or am I doing this because I could help someone through this? I could better the world through this. And I think that the second that we do something with a higher intention, it gives us almost superpowers because we're never settled. It's not about us. It's about a bigger mission. If we mess up and we, you know, get down, we can't be down for too long because it's not about us. It's about this greater mission. I can't feel bad for myself. I got to pick myself up and create this and keep going and going and going. And I think those are, those are some of the things that I think about. Another thing that I think about a lot, there's like an old Jewish saying that says like, if you save one person, then it's like saving the whole world. And I think like that's how it is with relationships and business, like treat each person, each client, each player or camper or whatever it is, as if they're the only person in the world. You do something good for them. It's like saving the whole world, you know, treat each person that way. And, you know, these are some of the things that I learned through basketball. And, if you enjoy the game, okay. If you enjoy the game, like in basketball, like we had one coach named Lawrence Moten. He was the all time leading scorer, Syracuse history, Big East history. He played in the NBA. He used to start every practice like this. You got to love the game. You got to love the game because if you love the game, you're already going to play harder. You're already going to have good sportsmanship. You're already going to do all these things. So I think when we see what our niche is, we attach it to a higher purpose. We'll already like it more. We'll love it. And the second you love something, it's not really work. The work ethic will already take care of itself. The sportsmanship, which is like client relationships, all that will take care of itself. And just about attaching it to something higher and the creativity and everything else will, should follow. I want to ask you one more business question about your product. You know, people look at you as this incredible athlete, um, incredible accomplishments in, in, in sports industry. Um, I'm sure that the thousands or tens of thousands of campers that you've trained over the years, they look at you and, you know, until they get to know you, people think like you've got this inborn talent. They don't always recognize the, the, the underlying work and effort and sacrifice that went into making you as good as you are um on the business side as well when you launched the product was it overnight success like you had the idea you went for it and you know like how'd you know it was going to become successful and and upon launch was it was an overnight success or or were there ups and downs to it absolutely not there were so many challenges again i you know basketball taught me how to be resilient and i think i'll just take the example of zone 190 I had the vision. I started off with an architect and I tried to get her to design it on the computer, what I wanted. It didn't come out right. So I said, I'm just going to go to Home Depot by myself. At the time I was in America. And I just started playing in the tooling in the, in the piping section, in the bathroom section. And I, I remember I'm trying to put the sports apparatus together and a real plumber came over to me and he said, son, I don't know what you're trying there, but it's not going to work. <laughs> I said, no, it's not for the bathroom. 
it's uh, I'm doing something for sports and I went home, went back to the house and I was in the garage and I didn't know anything about piping and I'm putting things together and literally I'm, my hands are bleeding all the way down to my elbow. And my wife walks in and says, what are you doing? And I said, you know, I have this idea. I think an NBA team is going to buy it. I mentioned the specific team, which ultimately that did happen. Okay. And um, she just gave me the green light and I, I built a prototype enough that I could take it to a professional person. Finding the professional person was months of work, finding the netting, the site, we finally got it. And then I just took that one prototype that worked. I got enough sale, I got enough money through those sales, like pre-orders um, to, 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 to fund my first run. And, um, and uh, it was a lot of driving through the night. It was, uh, it was just an amazing amount of effort. Um, but eventually we did it and uh, I got invited to my first NBA team and they bought it within seconds. And I knew that they were saying what I was saying. But before I revealed it to anybody, I kept on keeping it quiet through the patent process. And I kept on thinking, who's the first coach who I'm going to show this to? Okay. I can't wait. I'm holding it in for months. And I finally called that coach. He's a coach I knew for many years. And he looks at me and he said, now you're wasting your time. Oh, He's like the big two. How do you get past that? Because I just, I saw where I was going and I, I didn't let it, I didn't let it, it hurt me obviously, but I didn't let it bring me down. He said, the big $7,000 shooting machines, he's like, they've become the norm. He's like, they've, I'll never forget what he said. He's like, they've become McDonald's. Everybody goes there. Everyone buys them. They're in every gym in America. You have no chance. But I knew that mine offered something that those machines didn't offer a lot more at a, at a price that was much lower. Right. So I just kept on going and going and going. You know, it's such an important lesson that, uh, you know, every, every entrepreneur has its ups and downs. You know, you've, you've accomplished so much. I, I really appreciate your time. I know you've got a ton of stuff to do. I want to ask you one, one last question. Um, tell us what it's like when, you know, for these camps, part of the experience that you give to all these kids is bringing some players to Israel you know, what, what's the reaction from some, of these, uh, from some of these players when they get to Israel for the first time? Because you interact with so many, so many superstars. Um, what's their response when they get there? Yeah, I think the players that come over fall in love with Israel right away. They want to come back every summer. But I think it's so much more than that. Um, I think that, you know, basketball is really a unique platform in that it unites people and it brings a lot of people together. And I think the world needs a lot of that right now. You know, I'm, I'm an Orthodox Jew that graduated from a dominantly African-American Christian school. I roomed with a Muslim basketball player in college, and then I played professional with people from all over the world. And we established unbelievable relationships all through this amazing game of basketball. And if our players, if our campers could learn that through diversity, there's a stronger oneness, there's a stronger creativity, there's a stronger light into the world, and that's one of the greatest messages I could teach them through the game. And I think the players, our campers learn that. But I think the players coming over are like, wow, I may have heard terrible things about Israel on the news, but like I'm here now and it's nothing like that, you know? And it just, it, it, it breaks down a lot of potential stereotypes. It unites people, it builds bridges. And together it just brings a great light to the world. And I'm so glad that we're able to do that through basketball. And I'm very, very passionate about that. And it's one of my favorite things about the camp. Samir, you continue to be an inspiration. Um, when you open up a, a camp for adults, sign me up. But in the meantime, all, right. um, all your products, your books, uh, a lot more information is at tamirgoodman.com. And um, really, thank you for your time. And thank you for everything that you do for anybody who needs guidance, advice. And it's always great to catch up. Thank you. Please send my best to your family. And if any of your listeners ever need anything from you, please feel free to reach out to me, Tamir, on TamirGoodman.com, especially if it's in the basketball world. If there's any way I could help, please let me know.
Thank you. Thank you again.